Thank you, guys. Bless you, bless you. Great to have you. Happy New Year. I trust that it is going to be a wonderfully prosperous one for all of us. And, um, but into the New Year, there's a couple of people doing some moves. Um, where's Tandy? Tandy, I saw earlier. She was over here. There she is, Tandy. We are going to be praying for her over this side on my left-hand side. She is going to be going um, on doing a whole bunch of work stuff that she's going to be getting onto ships with. And she's been trusting God and really persevered profoundly well to get to this point. So, Tandy, well done. And we're going to pray for you. And then, and then the Honeywells. Are the Honeywells here? They are. Where are they? There you go. Honeywells, last Sunday, this Sunday. You have been an incredible blessing, Mike and Leanne. They're moving to Cape Town. And um, yeah, I just, I just do believe this is a season of new beginnings for you guys. And God has got, got much, much more. I, I, I think you've walked into 5% of what God has for you. There's so much more. And I think this is going to be another, another big step into more of what God has for you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being present. Thank you for just being, opening up your home. Thank you for all that you've done. You're, you're an incredible uh, couple, great family. And we're going to be praying for them on this side um, this morning after the service. So please don't rush off, Honeywells. Please come here that we can just bless you and send you and trust God. Declare what God has for you into the future. Absolute, absolute blessing. So, has everybody's new year done? Eh? It's been sometimes it's exhausting because it's family thing to family thing to family thing, and eventually you come back. You think, thank God, we can just park off for a bit, you know, over this little break between Christmas and New Year. But I really do trust that this new this year is going to be big for all of us. I think it is always big. the The question is, how do we get hold of that? This what God has for us. As uh, Hilton was saying this morning, he feels that God wants to awaken dreams that have died. Um, and I want to kind of talk a little bit into that this morning. So if you can turn in your Bibles to Revelation 21, verse 1 to 9, I'm going to uh, be talk, preaching out of there. So we're in a series called He Is. He Is. He Is. There's so many things that He Is. And we've spoken about He Is Family, He Is Hope. On Christmas Day, I spoke about He Is Hope. And um, today I want to talk about He Is Alpha and Omega. He is Alpha and Omega, however you say it, Omega, Omega. And when we, we haven't really, those are not kind of words we, we kind of know Alpha male. That's kind of Alpha, the Alpha we understand, but that's not what it's talking about. And Omega or Omega, the only thing that I can think of Omega is like Omega 3s, or there's a watch called Omega. I wouldn't be able to tell you what it looks like, but I know there's an Omega watch that's like a fancy watch. And it's got nothing to do with watches vitamins or people or alpha males alpha and omega has got to do with the first and last letter of the greek alphabet and so when jesus says i'm the alpha and the omega he's saying i'm the beginning and i'm the end i'm the first and i'm the last and uh, what i want to do is i want to have a quick look at what that means because that that kind of idea is, is carried through from the Old Testament in Isaiah 44 and Isaiah 42 where it talks about God being the first and the last and so eventually it comes across into the New Testament and, and particularly into the book of Revelation where Jesus is saying that of himself which is basically he's saying I am God by saying that and so some, some religions like um, Jehovah's Witnesses 
very much refute that because they don't want to say that Jesus is God. So, but, but in Christianity, we understand this, that Jesus is God. He's man, as 100% man, but 100% God as well. So let's, have a, let's read uh, Revelation 21, verse 1 to 9. Revelation 21, verse 1 to 9. Jeepers, my Bible's not there. Okay, this is what it says. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. For those surfers amongst us, there will be sea. Don't panic. You will be able to surf in heaven. It's just saying there's not going to be torment. Sea is not a good picture in the, in the, in the Bible. It's a, it's a picture of torment and, and all those sorts of things. None of that's gone. All of, all of that's gone. But you still will be able to surf. I'm convinced of that. I have saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. This is the ultimate end. Just think of it. The ultimate end, the ultimate description of what's happening, where this, all of this that we're living in now is ultimately going to end, is a prepared bride dressed for her husband coming to meet Jesus. And then God's dwelling place being amongst his people where they will be his people and he will be their God. It's this beautiful union of God and humanity back and fully reconciled, not just spiritually, but physically as well, in their relationships, all together. We will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So we're heading towards the old order of things that's passed away. What we have now, the order of things now will no longer be when Jesus returns. Thank God. Verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said, it is done. Meaning, it's happened. You can't stop it. It's been put in place. It's forever going to move forward. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all the liars, they'll be consigned to the fiery lake of sulfur. This is the second death. So there's this whole eschatological view, which is the, the end view of God coming in and breaking in in this passage. And right through the book of Revelation from verse 1, verse 2, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, and 1, verse 17, and a little bit further down in here, 22, verse 3 or 4, it, it, it kind of talks, it's like God talking, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, and then it's Jesus talking, I'm the Alpha and Omega. And so the interchange between God the Father and God the Son, that's all God, that's the point. They're interchanging with these titles. 
So what does this mean for us? That Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. The one who is, who was, and is to come. It's all the same idea. One of the first things we've got to get into our mind when we think of Jesus, if just think of God, the Alpha and Omega. Let me start with that. A few big ideas that we need to understand theologically about what this means. Because what you believe theologically is how you live and how you make sense of the world. So it's very important how you think about who God is. In Isaiah 44 verse 6, it says this, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. It's an example of God using it of Himself in the Old Testament. But when we understand I'm the first and the last, that's huge. To say I'm the first. So before there was, I am. And right at the end, I still I am. You see, what we've got to understand with this, this little phrase is that everything comes from God and nothing will outlast God. Think of that. Everything comes from God and nothing will outlast Him. You can't go bef- beyond Omega. You can't go beyond the end. He is the end. God has no final competitors in this realm, in this world, in this universe. God has the first word in history and will have the last word in history. God did not emerge out of many possibilities. Everything emerged out of Him. So God is not something that you pull into your life. It's something that you can find, we find so that we can get into Him and become part of that story of that human being called God, that being called God, that human being called Jesus. You see, God is not a piece of reality you try to fit all the pieces into. He determines all possibilities. This is the God that is the Alpha and Omega. And when Jesus says this, basically he's saying, I'm that guy which is hugely offensive to people to say that Jesus is Lord, to say Jesus is God, particularly in this era. You see, this idea, it it reflects his eternal nature and unchanging presence right through history. These are big concepts. They're they're concepts that you kind of have to sit for hours with just trying to get your head around the bigness of who God is. God transcends time. But he works in time. I was, I will be, but I am now. So although God transcends time, he works in time. Sometimes just in time. Jesus is the beginning and the end of history. Nothing outside of Jesus. Nothing outside of Omega. Nothing outside of Alpha. He is the brackets around through which we live our lives. 
because Jesus is the beginning and the end, he also has authority in the middle. That's where we find ourselves. And that's where we find ourselves asking the question, Lord, how do I live in the middle? How do I make sense in the middle? So I want to do a little illustration here. I need an, uh, I need an alpha. Sam looks like a good alpha. There we go. Just grab that, grab that um, piece of, it's meant to be a rope, but it's actually an extension cord. And we need a, we need a good um, Amiga as well. Tim, can you be my Amiga, bro? Guys sitting in the front. Uh, so can you just take one end and give Tim the other end? Just grab the, you know, just grab the whole, stretch it, stretch it right out there, yeah. Okay, keep going there, Sam. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. There we go, there we go. Two big, that's it. Alpha, Omega. I need somebody that looks like the fall. I'm thinking like Mark Watson or something like that. Where's he? Where's Mark Watson? There we go. Come, bro. Come, boy. You check, you're sitting at the back, but don't. You check, I've got you. Even though you're hiding in the back, I've still got you. Yes? And then the opposite of the fall is Jesus. So I'm looking for, I'm going to use Sam for that because he looks like Jesus. So Sam, you come here and then, okay, so the fall was over here. So look, look like you're the fall. Look, okay, just look normal. <laughs> Pure quality, right? So just look like a little bit haggard like you're the fall, right? There you go. Okay, this is Jesus, yeah. There we go. There we go. So Jesus is the beginning and the end, but he is also now. He broke into time. And so what is going to happen here in Christ, the kingdom is broken in here to begin to redeem all the stuff that happened between him coming and him back here when it all fell apart. It's probably a whole lot closer this way, you know, like that. I don't know. This is, this is a long timeline. But, but get in your head that Alpha, before anything existed, God used Jesus to speak things into creation. And right at the end, he's going to return again, a victorious groom, to take back his, his bride and to make all things new. What we now do, people before Jesus... We're waiting for Jesus, or well, certainly the Israelite people, where they, they, they realized that, that things had gone wrong. And in between this space, they were longing for, trying to find ways to get to the end. By the grace of God, the end came to them. Remember this, you're trying to get to the end, but the end's coming to you. His name's Jesus. Jesus breaks in, and now his people begin to take, all those that are in Christ begin to live an end kind of life. It's called a, being a prophetic people. We're living in the end already. We're living in the Omega already. So this, with this picture in mind, okay, you guys can stay there for a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to use you a bit more, but I'm just loving your, <laughs> loving your skills. So when Jesus says, I'm the Omega, the, 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 the Alpha and Omega, there's Alphas and Omegas. This is creation. This could also be your life. The fallen life, but then the redeemed life. But ultimately, that redeemed life will end in Jesus as well. 
It will start in Jesus, but it will also end in Jesus. Anything that doesn't end in Jesus, friends, is worthless. Even if it looks good, even if it makes sense, if it doesn't end in Jesus, it will not last. Everything we do, friends, has got to land in Christ. It's the privilege that we have. So when God says that you've been born again, Alpha. Remember what I spoke about being born again means? It's to have a new start, a new beginning. But it also means to have a new source. So you live between Jesus and the, the end with this new source, longing for those days, waiting for those, and beginning to show people that end as you live your life. So they know Jesus because of you. The way you live, the way we do things, the way we talk, they see Jesus because of you, because we're living an end kind of life now, just like Jesus was the end breaking in now from the future, whenever that Omega will be. So this is kind of, these are the big ideas that we need to know. Big ideas. See, when we understand Alpha and Omega, beginnings and ends, we learn to live and do our beginnings and ends well. And I spoke two weeks about this. We've got to do beginnings and ends, friends. Ends and beginnings. The way you end another season, the way you face an end, will determine the new beginning. Your new beginning is in your old end. And Jesus is the redemptive factor that takes it into a new beginning. It's very important. And then also when you think about this, this timeline or this kind of picture, is we become prisoners of hope in this place. I spoke about hope on Christmas Day. Friend, our hope is in the story of God. There was a creation, but are you sleeping on your feet, dude? There was a fall. There was a, redeem, a, a redeemer. And that redeemer is working things out and there will be an omega, there will be an end and a new heavens and a new earth. And we have our hope in this story. We place ourselves in the story living towards the new end. Our hope does not come from our government. It doesn't come from our politics. It doesn't come from the stock exchange. It doesn't come from our economy. It doesn't come from how well my wife's doing or not doing. It doesn't come from how my, how my children's well-being is doing or not doing. It comes from the story we're in because we're living a redemptive story. We're living between the Alpha and the Omega. And you see, this, this story, this is how we find hope in the midst of South Africa today. The only way you can make sense of the world is to understand where you are. Remember, we get to live this. No other generation does. If we do this well, we'll pass on to the next generation something of substance. It's so important, friends, for us to understand Alpha and Omega and how we live in between that. Isn't it incredible in that text, it says this. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. When you think of the word end, mostly it's a negative thing. For God, an end is making everything new. 
So every end, when you're in this story, becomes everything new. It's not a disqualifier. It's not something that just shocks, suck the energy out of us. It's actually an exciting thing to say, God, I'm going through this season now, but everything's going to be new. I want to live in the Jesus that's Alpha and Omega. And Omega means new beginning. It's not an end. Even a death, friends, can I say, is not a destination. It's a journey. It's a, it's a moment that you transition from this life to the next. We've got to remember and, and be, be firmly, theologically grounded in the fact that omega means a new beginning. Everything new. That's how it ends. That should put courage in our bones, though we're going through a tough time. That's what it was for these people in Revelation. They were going through a lot of suffering and they needed to be reminded that actually Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Don't ever forget your life is Jesus and the Omega. In the bigness from your beginning to your end, but even through the seasons of your life, you have Alpha and Omega, Alpha and Omega, Alpha and Omega. As one season comes to an end, a new season gets birthed and that's an everything new season. It's a good thing. It just depends how we respond to the old end. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Mark, you are fantastic, bro. <laughs> oh, Sam, you can just leave it there, bro. Let's not forget this picture of where we are. This is what gives us hope, friends. This is what gives us courage. And what's amazing, in that, in that text of Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 8, it talks about, he talks to three different kinds of people. See, this is how you live in that story between Jesus and the end. Jesus was the end, but actually he was an alpha. He was a new beginning for the people. You see, in the kingdom, ends and beginnings, they move and they shake and they, they, you, you eventually you can't distinguish. Sheep, I thought that was an end, but it feels like a new beginning. That's how it works, friends. It's the kingdom. So don't let your dreams die. We'll see now. He speaks three things to me at, when, when, I, when I read this. I thought these are three ways to live well in, in, the, in between Alpha and Omega. This is how we live well. Number one, he says this in verse six. Let's just read it. Verse six, he said to me, it's done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. First group of people. To the thirsty... I give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. You see, the, first, the way we live well between the Omega, Alpha and Omega, the different seasons of our lives, the creation story, the, whatever it is, it's all these little mo moments of Alpha and Omega. Jesus is the big Alpha and Omega of which we find our place in, that sto in his story. He says this, to the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Friends, the way we live well between Alpha and Omega is to thirst for him. This is not, nothing I'm going to say this morning is new to you. But let's let in 2023 not just know it, but be living it and doing it. 
See, here's the end of thirsty. In Jesus, the end, the thirsty find their satisfaction. It says you want to do well there, be thirsty for him. And it's amazing he doesn't say hungry, he says thirsty. It's easier to drink than to eat. You can be dirty. You can be defiled. You can be living a faulty life. You can be in whatever condition you may think you are unworthy in. He says to you, drink. Drink of me. To the thirsty, I will give water. The more you thirst, the more he gives you. And thirsty doesn't, it's not some kind of a spiritual thing. It's actually fix your eyes on him. It's listen to him, spend time with him. I'm amazed that something that is so profoundly important for us that we would literally die for. Would, if somebody had to come to you and say, renounce God or renounce Jesus, renounce him or die, I reckon there's a good portion of us that would say, I'd rather die. But we don't get 10 minutes with him during the day. Thirst for him. Thirst for him. Friends, it's the very thing that every human being is looking for. They look, people are looking for contentment. They're looking for peace. They're looking for, they're looking for this value of life. That's very difficult to describe that kind of life. It's not a life of you breathing or not. It's a quality of life. He says this, if you thirst for me, I'll give you that. I'll give you for free, at no cost, what the whole world is looking for. You want to live well between the Alpha and Omega, thirst for him. Stay thirsty. Stop being thirsty. Can I say a word to older people as Elise was speaking to older people? Just because you're older doesn't mean you can't be thirsty. Be thirsty for him. Allow God to use you more profoundly now than what he ever has because you're thirstier now. You know you can't go long without drinking. You can go long without food. 40 days. Thirsty, three days and you're done. It's almost like we shouldn't be able to go longer than three days without him. Life happens. Friends, we've got to shorten the gap between those moments with him, between those moments with him to a continual walk with him somehow. I want to encourage you in 2023, thirst for him. You'll find your hope in him when you thirst for him. Number two, he talks, about, he talks to another group of people. He talks to those in verse seven. He says, those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Different translations take that word victorious and translate it differently. Some say overcomers. Some say persevere. Those that persevere. 
Those that conquer. Friends, I want to tell you the way you live between Alpha and Omega in the seasons of our lives is you don't give up. It's as spiritual as that. Don't give up. A conqueror and an overcomer are just those that don't give up. Because remember, it is an inheritance that you receive. It's not something you work for. It's something that is given to you. But what happens, friends, is we stop thirsting for him. And then slowly but surely we take things into our own hands. And we don't receive an inheritance. We take a gift. We take something. And it ends up being the wrong thing. This word of, of, of being victorious has got to do with the word, big word called perseverance and patience. Foreign words in today's culture. Don't let the culture shape us, friends. We are people that know how to persevere. We are people that don't give up. We are people that put our trust and resilient trust in Jesus for all of our lives, even when it's going bad, because we know our end is not the end of this life. Our end is a big end in Jesus. And you don't measure the quality of your spiritual life because you're living in a tough place. And you think, well, God's not with me. Yes, he's with you. You get 80 years to live, odd. Live it with faith. He says, to those that are victorious, to those that have not given up, to those that have persevered, you will get all of this. And all of this is everything that he had spoken about before of the new heavens and the new earth. You see, friends, victory comes as we stay in the story of God. Stay in the story. You battling sin, stay in the story. It's no use pulling yourself out of the story of what Jesus is trying to do with you and the story he's trying to tell through you and then thinking, well, why am I not getting victory? Alpha and Omega, stay in the story. Don't give up. Be patient. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. And when you've finished waiting, wait some more. He is Lord, not you and me. Goes on, it says, and you'll receive this inheritance, and I will be your God, and you will be my children. You know what a victorious person looks like? You know the mentality of a victorious conqueror in the kingdom? He is my God and I am his child. That's, the, that's victory. Live 80 or 90 years in this life and get to the end and say, he is my God and I am his child. He says you'll inherit all of this. Friends, we've got to redefine what success is in life. Success is not numbers. It's not bank balances. It's not perfection of some life. It's getting on with what God's called you to do and doing it well to the best of your ability by his grace. That's all it is. Doing what he's asked you to do. That's success. When you live this life between the Alpha and Omega, we just, that's what we strive for, friends. He is my God and I'm his child. And on my deathbed, you are my God, and I'm your child. I want to meet you, Jesus.
That's the second group of people he talks to. The third group of people he talks to, can I just say this before I move on from this? The storm will not last, but God will. Don't let this, don't put your eyes on God. He's talking to people that are suffering and being persecuted. When you know that God was before your pain and he'll be after your pain, puts an anchor into your heart for now. The storm will not last, but God will. Nothing outlasts God. Put your anchor into the thing that lasts forever. The third group of people quickly that he speaks to, he starts off the sentence with, but the cowardly and unbelieving, and he puts a whole lot of virtues of wrong living. It's incredible that he starts with the word cowardly. I would have started with the word faithlessness or unbelieving. He starts with cowardly. You see, to live this life, friends, got to have courage. The cowardly and the unbelieving. To those that have got courage and those that have got faith. He says, if you haven't got these, if you don't have these, a whole list of things. If you haven't got theirs, there's something worse than death. Is what he's saying here. He's unequivocally be saying, if you're not in Christ, there's something worse than dying. Facing you, coming you, towards you. He calls it the second death. Not playing games here. But what I want to do for us who are living in this timeline, I want to put courage and I'll put faith into you to say keep moving forward. You cannot live this life without courage and faith. Don't back off. You've got to find courage. That's why you need to be in community to be encouraged. He goes on in this last thing to to basically say not everybody's going to find their end in Jesus. Some will find their end outside of Jesus. And that's not pretty. For all eternity. But for us, I want to encourage us. Be courageous. Let this year be a year of courage. Take some risks in him. Don't be apathetic. Find courage and find faith. This will get you to the end. To the thirsty, you're going to receive an inheritance. If you're thirsty, you're going to receive your inheritance. Don't stop thirsting. To the victorious, to the conquerors, to the overcomers, those that have got the grit to hang on, those that will not give up, those that will, he says, actually, I will be their God. You'll be my people. And to the cowardly and to the unbelieving, you're gonna, you'll lose him. But to those with courage and belief, with faith, 
you will find him. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. It has got so many applications in so many parts of life, friends. But I trust this morning you will see your life bracketed by the end and the beginning of Jesus. You'll see the situation you're finding, you're in now, Alpha and Omega, bracketed. I can't see it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's happening. Don't worry, Jesus is the end. Jesus is the end. Jesus is the end. There's no letters past Omega. There's no letters past Z. A to Z. God will outlast Jesus will outlast anything that you are facing. Let's put our trust in him and find him in a profound way this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.